Hello. So welcome to the first episode of um, Be Open and Authentic with Rohit. Uh, so today we have uh, one of my ex-colleagues, uh, one of my closest friends, and who you know um, who share a lot of you know similar values and similar interest. So there is a reason that uh, you know we have him on the show, and you will get to it, get to know the show, get to know more you know as we move uh, for further in the show, right? and before before you know we get into the discussion i just want to uh, reiterate the purpose or motivation of doing this because uh, you know uh, just you know for the reason that you know i want to remind you know constantly remind myself of why i'm doing this and also want to make sure the guest is okay with that too right so we are not here to you know create a viral content or uh, you know you know find a way to create content that you know we can monetize right not here for the clickbaits obviously but the goal is you know to create a content to add that can add value to the listeners while we enjoy the conversation so if both are not meeting the purpose so if that it's if that's not a good combination so there is no point in for either for me or the guest you know or or for anyone um either doing the show or viewing the show so let's see, let's see how that goes and uh, one thing is that you know we are okay with zero views right and uh, meet is okay too so that's one thing that i made sure because i don't want him to be disappointed uh, while uh, in after a while because because that that this is the reality uh, this, this is the first episode um but i'm sure uh, we we can uh, have a lot more um solid content right so just uh, meet um welcome to the show um uh, thanks for you know uh, supporting me and and being here uh without without any you know hesitation right oh no <laughs> so thank definitely you. um i'm really glad that you started this channel and i feel like we didn't have a conversation for such a long time and this is actually a good way to open up and have a deep conversation on any topics that come our mind right exactly right you know yeah that, that's that's a, that's one that's one point and it's also good good way to catch up and even most of the times our conversations are super long and also right. intense right it's we always Correct. talk about something that's actually useful to many people um, mm-hmm. and and even you know we are not shy away sharing some of the personal stuff you know it's okay right, right? Uh, you know just just chill and, yeah. and enjoy the conversation cool that's true cool. yeah cool uh, so so how is how is life treating you by the way oh pretty good i would say and at the same time hectic with the work stuff and hectic with the life stuff i would say as well but oh sure. life is enjoyable how about yours yeah it's going uh, just uh, you know just experimenting you know as a as i have as i have always been doing right mm-hmm. so um was doing some startup you know mentoring stuff and yeah it, it's and just started with this uh, podcast which i'm really excited about um and yeah it's, it's i can't complain um are you still focusing Are you still focusing on your startup on the side as well, or are you? Not mine, as... but I'm just trying to help others at this point because mine okay. it's it's going to be a lot more intense. So I just want to take some time after the marriage before I, you know, uh, before you know, I just don't want okay. to, you know, uh, have, have my I, I just don't want my wife to have tough time since we since we just got okay. married, right? So. Oh yeah, you cool. just got married, so congratulations! And thank you, is... and congrats to you too. You you got engaged. I was oh, super yeah. super excited to see that. Thank you, thank you. So, how is married life treating you? I know we have talked about it offline, but I want to talk yeah, about it so, as well. Yeah, so I'm going to say the same thing. I know it's it's a really interesting, mm-hmm. and and I'm enjoying it. Uh, but there is just so much to learn, dude. Because 
you know when I, when we are bachelors right at least for the most part you know i i, I wasn't you know dating anyone or mm-hmm. i was just focusing on something or the other all the time and mm-hmm. then whenever the weekend or the whenever the work is over whenever the weekend comes i just either be lazy or go play something and do mm-hmm. nothing else with life right but here you have to be constantly active and uh, and just just uh, yeah be active throughout the day and the, throughout the weekend as well because just so that no one gets bored and and we are always doing something um particularly for the fact that bauna is still you know in us for the first time so you know she will have a lot more you know interest to explore while i have been here consider long timer in a way 8 uh, years i guess so so just are trying you, to balance that interest and all the stuff so so are you seeing the the way she sees the united states as you saw it because you came here and you did your masters here first and then actually started working so you know we both have a different perspective compared to someone who directly came here for work so what yeah. do you think about that no it's it's a lot different right because we you know um, and particularly you know since we are a little more career oriented you know we had a lot of things to figure out when we come to us right Right. Need the accommodation or you know finances, mm-hmm. you know, which is the biggest part of it. Right. And and just now we're trying to get in touch with people, you know, trying to find assistance and get get good with grades and things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And over the time, it gets into the routine, and you ha- you know, we just get accustomed to it. Um, and then we'll be lot, I think, lot more lazier whenever we get a free time because we have been constantly hustling right from the go. Mm-hmm. various uh, and i think it's it's different for you know whoever is coming on you know h4ead or you know uh, mm-hmm. is a dependent right mm-hmm. so they'll have a whole new different perspective you know they want to explore us uh, right and you know uh, and they want to you know uh, try lot more places uh, which we might have tried already mm-hmm. or if not you know we have opinions that hey i don't want to go there to that place for for about and so, so for whatever the reason you know we cannot right. just say those out because they want to explore so i just constantly remind myself that hey don't get my biased or you know opinionated mind get into the way because that's also create conflicts and and that's not the way i should i should treat her either so i was like okay i'm just constantly reminding so what is that one or two frustrating things that you have done repeatedly often but bhavna has not and that's why she's trying to do that is there one or two things that comes to your mind yeah particularly i think i think her perspective to towards life is lot more different than mine right in the sense that she lives in present and she always want to you know do things together a lot more often than what i what <laughs> i have been used to <laughs> but come on man you're married now so you are I supposed know, right? to i know that that's the thing right because you'll be like okay end of the end of the work day if you don't feel like <laughs> going out but that's then when the real personal life starts Mm. So sometimes I try to say, "Hey, I know I want just want to stay home, and you know, but that's not what I should be doing because I should <laughs> just go out and have have a fun time." But that's not always the case because when you are working, mm-hmm. and when you have so many, you know, uh, extra curricular activities like you know, like this podcast, right? It's not easy. You have to find a way sure. to manage. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, get getting there. Um, we'll nice. See. Cool, cool. So <clears throat> yeah, you know, I just want to learn more. Um, about you know you more you know i want to talk about the topics that we never discussed so far uh, which is which is another reason that i know i'm excited for this episode mm-hmm. and but before i you know before i go further i i just want to you know uh give you a chance to introduce yourself to the oh, people sure. you know based on whatever the information that you want to give so cool cool yep so hello everyone so my name is meecha 
and currently I'm working for NVIDIA for the past seven to eight months. I'm working as a senior software engineer in the, I would say, autonomous vehicles group of NVIDIA, which is a fairly nice. new group, I would say. And before that, I was working at Microsoft. And then before that, I was working with Rohit at Capital One. We were in the same team. Yeah. And I... Before that, I did my master's in machine learning and signal processing, which was a different field than computer science or software engineering, as per se. And yeah, the transition was difficult. And we can, yeah, obviously sure. we can, we'll go deeper into that as well. And before that, I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering from IIT Indo back in India. So nice. I have basically jumped all over the places. I still haven't fixed on what really <laughs> thing I want to do, yeah, but sure. I'll, I'm getting there. Nice, nice. Yeah. So, at least are you said that okay, SD uh, software development is for me, or I still, you know, have that in back of mind that hey, do should I try something else? But that's a really good question. So, I, I would say, it depends on what I like at that particular moment. You know, there are certain phases where you feel like okay, this particular two three months I really enjoy coding or really like designing. I want to focus on that. Obviously not all work will allow you to do that certain times based on the work requirements. They will ask you to have different things or do different things, yep. but so far I cannot complain. So yeah, I do really enjoy software engineering nice. for now, but sure. uh, what's to say when something changes after two, three years, I might as well move to let's say product management or more on the match, yep. just engineering management side. But currently I want to just learn and dive deeper into software engineering. Nice. That, that's good. Yeah. I think I have the similar sort of uh, perspective too, because, you know, uh, we, I struggled, you know, I hustled my way to become a software developer, mm -hmm. uh, as you know. Uh, but yeah, still, still have in back of my mind that, Hey, this is this something that I want to do for long. I mean, I am enjoying it, uh, truly, mm -hmm. but I think at some point, I think I'll, I'll have to make a call. We'll see. We'll see when the time comes. Okay. We'll, we'll talk more about it. But before that, you know, I, I want to, you know, ask you this right uh, so how how is the how was your iit experience you know because you know we as indians right we are always vaccinated with the with iitians and getting into right. iit and people mm. work so hard to get there and i don't think i can ever get into iit even if i get another chance uh, with, with so think, much experience so i think landing in iit it's more about chance than anything and plus with the recent changes i took iit back in 2011 so that's more than a decade ago Whereas yeah. now in the recent years, things have changed. They have made two level examinations and stuff like that. And during our time, it was definitely a luck based system. Like, yeah, you, you can work really hard, but also at the same time, the thousands and millions of people also working, not at the, maybe not at the same level, even higher level than you. And still just because on that particular exam day, they might get sick or they are not in the mood or their head is not in the right place and they might flunk it. Right. So I would say don't beat yourself sure. up if you're not getting into it or not. It's just a luck-based system. No, but so I, can, I, yeah. I think you're, you're, you're too humble to say this, right? Uh, I know uh, because the fraction of people who are, you know, not get, making it to exam or for whatever the reason they're having a bad year, I think it's still relatively so much lower than who has, you know, who want to get into IIT, you know, who have been trying for like two to three years. And some people take this long-term course where they spend another one to two years just to get into IIT. Yeah, so that's I, think, a... I think it's still, it's still challenging. 
and not everyone has the same resources or 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 the you know support system that is uh, true right. with the recent rise of coaching classes everywhere yeah. without that i don't think so now you can crack iit like previously sure. you know there were schools were really good that most of the coaching i would say iit level coaching would happen in schools itself and professors and teachers were really good in teaching those subjects but nowadays because of coaching classes nobody wants to teach in school and they would rather have their own coaching classes and if a student wants to go into iit he or she almost always have to go to coaching classes there sure. now there is no exception nowadays so exactly yeah, i think even a... even uh, even at this point that is true to a certain extent but yeah i think the remote or the online coaching definitely changed the game or the mm-hmm. value mm-hmm. you know I, i cannot at this point say that hey i don't have enough resources to get into iit that is true. if i'm back in the school right? because i have all the opportunities yep. and so much yep. content is available online um that is true yeah that's good so so what what are your uh, big, three biggest takeaways that you can say right. from iits yeah uh, let me that's a really good question so it i would say first and foremost which even many other colleges even iits give that and other colleges also do is there are people you meet people of different cultures and different backgrounds it it can be different culture background different financial background and you'll meet all of them and you learn more about them and you learn more about how to talk to them how to approach them and you'll come out of your shell that that i i feel like that is the biggest advantage of going into any of these schools that even it doesn't mean necessarily you have to be an iit or nit but if you go into any kind of particular college which offers that whether uh, whether students are coming from all over the country then it definitely opens you up and you are definitely more exposed to all the different cultures so that is very good nice then one more thing i would say uh, on the same line is all of them are really smart people like where they all of them are very and en- very enthusiastic about what they want to do and what they want to achieve in life so you learn more about where even your direction will lead to you know sometimes you are not sure yeah many people in india that is very common that you will just say parents will just say that you know what just do engineering and after that you can think about it so yeah. once you go into this kind of college they, that will give you a perspective oh this guy is doing this thing maybe that might be something i want to do in the future you right. uh, it basically opens lots of door in your mind to approach so that is one big takeaway then other takeaway obviously because of the label itself it opens lots of door as long as you are staying in india yeah in the us nobody cares nobody gives uh, anything about iit or anything at all but as long as you are in india then it opens lot of business doors and it also opens lot of social circle doors i would say For if sure. you want to go into a particular social circle then yeah name dropping definitely helps sometimes i know right yeah so I would yeah, say that that, is, that's uh, that's true. Yeah. Actually, that's so true because, for example, you know, if I'm meeting an IT guy, I actually have a higher respect. Unconsciously, mm-hmm. it's not that I want to give him a higher respect, but for the for whatever the thing that he has achieved, right? I still have a higher respect because that is one thing that I you know really admire about right getting into IIT. And and mm-hmm. I think I I really you know I think one of the most important thing is getting the network right getting into the network and learning sure. more from them and you know having a broader and deeper perspective than what others uh, would normally have i guess yeah i think i think that is a really um valuable um and and uh, just so that i don't feel bad right so <laughs> what is 
that's something that I didn't miss not getting into IIT. <laughs> oh, so, okay. One thing that definitely all the engineering colleges are same is learning, actually learning the topic you'll have to do on your own. There is, even though there might be the professors might be, you would have, you already, everyone would have experienced this, that just because a person is smart doesn't make, make him a good teacher. Just because you are super knowledgeable in a particular subject doesn't make you an expert in teaching that subject. So that's the same thing in IIT. Like, yeah, all the professors are extremely smart. If you go with a problem, they will be able to solve it. But at the same time, explaining the solution might be difficult. So sure. I would say learnings, it's you have to do it on your own. Whether you're in IIT, whether you're in any college, at the end, you have to pick up the textbook and you have to start reading on your own. You have to go to browse the internet and then you have to look at the solution. All of those things are unchanged anywhere in all the colleges in India. Yeah, I, I can, uh, I plus, uh, no, I totally get it, right? That's what, that's what happened in my case as well, because at least the, in most of the college, I think not just in the college that I went to. Um, mm -hmm. So I think the faculty is not, you know, up to the standards because we, we struggle uh, a lot to get into some good colleges, but whenever we get there, right, I don't think the faculty is is not equally, you know, smart or at the same time, I can't explain it. Not everyone can teach the subject as they want to teach as well. Right? right, right. So I think after first year, you know, first semester, I was like, okay, this is not going to work out, I guess. So I just want, I'm just on my own. So I, mm -hmm. I, I barely attended classes and I was like, okay, whenever the exam comes in, I just, you know, right. spend some time to, you know, just skim through the, yep. you know, I, you know <laughs> the syllabus and, you know, somehow, somehow made it. Um, but yeah, so definitely learning is something that we have to do on our own. And actually, I can see in fact how that can help us in the long run, right? Because even at this stage, we have to constantly find a way to educate ourselves, right? right? Because of the career transitions Ooh. or because the work nature at this, you know, earlier, you know, if it is, if, if you know Java, that's all you need to code on. But at this point, you know, the stack is so much diverse. Right. And expect, expectation in the job is so much diverse and also deeper. So right. we have to constantly find a way to educate ourselves. Um, so I think that whatever we went through, mm -hmm. be it IIT or, you know, be it other, other college, any, mm -hmm. any, any engineering college, right? So mm -hmm. I think that has been helping so many Indians to right. thrive, right? That is For one sure. of the reason, like, you know, every Indian can have a, you know, good, most likely will have a good, you know, IT career. Compared to True. some other other careers, right? Yeah, for sure. Basically, if you compare like the U.S. education system here, almost everything is spoon fed to you, and so you don't have to. Yeah, you do have to think about topics and stuff, but you don't have to solve solve the problem. You're not on your own. At the end of the day, you're not on your own. You have help available. Whereas back sure. in India, like yeah, it's like you are on your own. You have to do <laughs> it somehow. You do yeah. it, you figure it out, everything. So exactly. I, I agree totally with your point that, yeah, that's how, that's why Indians are thriving in the IT field. It's because we have learned to solve the problem on our own. True. And that's why if given any problem, even outside of the, outside of India and when you're any other field of problem, we know that we'll figure out some way to solve it by our, True. whether we have help or not. Exactly. So right. Yeah. With your point. Yeah. Exactly. You don't, which is, which also means that, you know, you don't always have to be smart. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, being smart really helps, but as long as you can figure out a problem, you know, given mm -hmm. to you, no matter what you do. So mm -hmm. that is the biggest, you know, skill set that you, we need to thrive in this, you know, career or sure. tech career yep. at least. Right. Yep. Nice. 
So I also want to ask you this, right? Because, you know, which is something similar that I went to, I went through because I was an electronics and communication engineer back in India. Right. And just so that I don't want to get into IT, you know, I, I did my master's in industrial systems engineering so that I can get into my, you know, interesting or things like that. Okay. Right? Uh, and then somehow eventually because of the nature of the jobs or somehow we eventually, you know, ended up being a software developer. So how was the transition for you? Because for me, it has, I had to go through a lot. Um, and particularly in your case, right, you spent, you know, you took the machine learning course, you did the master's in machine learning, right? particularly when it is in the peak boom, right? And then, and uh, then uh, you yeah. spent a lot on the education too, right? Uh, and sure, then why sure, did you sure. make the shift of being an ML engineer to SME? Yeah. So let me go back to my bachelor days. So bachelor's, obviously, just like you, I did my bachelor's in electrical engineering. But after that, I had my green card back in 2010. And I knew that I'll have to transition and move to uh, US by the end of my uh, bachelor's. So yes. I already started prepping and giving the GRE and all those other entrance examinations, which are needed for masters over here. I started doing that since end of third year and the beginning of fourth year of my bachelor's over there. So I started prepping for my masters. I got admission into, again, I did a master's in machine learning, signal processing and image processing because in my bachelor's in my last year, I did a project in signal processing. So that's mm. what piqued my interest. And at that time, I was so sharp because, you know, in your 20s, it's their 20s is for career changes. So yeah. uh, I kept on thinking, okay, I definitely don't want to go in IT. I see all these people, they're constantly on your, on their basically <laughs> laptop. They are just coding. It's totally blacked out and they are not looking anywhere else. The entire day, they are stuffed in their room. I don't want to do that. And even though, so same thing, I got admission in my bachelor's in, I had an option to select computer science as well. But I decided to go for electrical, even though computer science was at the peak at the time, because I was very sure at the end of my 12th grade that no, whatever happens, I don't want to go into IT field. I'll go, <laughs> I'll pick anything else, but not IT. So I picked electrical yeah. engineering. Then at the end, I did a project in signal processing, which was related to some biomedical signal processing. I really liked that project. So I said, why not do my master's anyway? I have to do my master's to come to the US. Why not do my master's in signal processing? At that time, I learned a little bit of machine learning as well. So I said, okay, this field looks interesting. It doesn't involve heavily computer science oriented. I don't have to do much software engineering, but this is something of my interest and it relates to electrical engineering as well. So that's how I jumped into master's at University of Michigan. And I did my master's in machine learning and signal processing. But what happened was at the end of my master's, all the signal processing jobs, I'll talk of both signal processing and machine learning separately. So of the signal processing jobs, only jobs available are still, still they are in defense. If you're yeah. not doing defense, then no other proper public sector companies are going to offer you job in signal processing. There are none. There are only few minor jobs available at hardware side, uh, I would say signal processing like Apple, and that's very difficult to get in in the first place. So I said, okay, signal processing is out of the way because I, I remember applying to applying for internship in signal processing my entire first year of my master's and just <laughs> without any luck. Unfortunately, yeah. of Korea, it was like, I almost applied to 90 or 100 companies, but all of them said, no, no signal processing jobs. You have to go for defense. And the problem with defense companies is they require citizenship clearance. So lots of sure. 
new oncoming graduates who are doing machine or who are doing signal processing in the US, when they first come, they don't realize this, that they think, oh, it's a sleep mess, I'll get in, even though I have just have a normal Indian uh, visa. But that's not the case because just US uh, government, they don't sponsor, they require US citizenship for a clear security clearance to get a job in defense. I didn't know about it at that time. So I said, okay, now that door is permanently closed. So at least it's temporarily closed until I get my citizenship. Yep. So I said, okay, let me try to think about, I already have a machine learning degree as well. So let me try to attempt that. And there I was there where I got a weird response All of the big companies, they're willing to basically at least talk to me, but their problem was they're saying, oh, you're not doing a PhD, huh? You are just exactly, doing masters, right? yeah. you're ending your career at that. Uh, we are only looking for PhD candidates because we need a very, we need a candidate who has very deep knowledge of machine learning, not just a master's knowledge is not enough. We need someone who actually is doing research in machine learning. I said, oh my goodness. Uh, like the, I was, I was in a total panic attack at that time that, oh my God, what did I do my master's for? Like no machine learning jobs, no signal processing jobs. What should I do? And at that time, all of us, like all of us who are doing masters with me, who came from India, right? All of those 20 or 30 group of uh, people, all of us Indians, like we were worried that what, what is the next logical step? What can we do? And then only logical step that came to our mind was moving to software film. That was our only savior because that was the only one, only job, only sector that will give us a job and give us an opportunity to actually pay True. our student loans because all of us came up either they took a loan in the US or they took a loan back in India, which is very high interest rate. And it's, you have to pay it up as quickly <laughs> as possible. I'm sure you know about it. Exactly. So the only possible logical solution was to actually move to software. So at that time, at my second year of my master's, I started learning more about software engineering. And plus, obviously I didn't have as good of an experience as the people <laughs> who did the bachelor's in computer science. So for us, it's very tough to start at a late stage of a master's game to get familiarized with all computer science concepts and apply to thousands of places. Your resume is not in a proper shape because it's more focused was electrical engineering rather than the computer science. You have to do lots of things to actually get your foot in the door for computer science. So that was my entire struggle. Exactly. Wow. You. I think it would be similar stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mine, mine is something similar. But one thing that I want to emphasize is the our our hesitance, our hesitant hesitance that we had when we were in our in twelfth grade, right? You know, we <laughs> somehow you know we we were told, or you know, we were like there was so much content, I guess, saying that hey, IT is boring. You'll be doing the robotic stuff. You know, you won't have the fun. You will always be the computer. You, you know, maybe doing a lot more intense, I guess, right. work. So somehow, you know, somehow I, the, this thought was ingrained, right? That, hey, there is no innovation. You can't do much in IT and things like that. Yep. So which is another reason, even though I had the opportunity to get into computer science, at least relatively to a good school, <laughs> than getting into electronics and communication. Like, right. okay, nope, I'm not doing electronics and communication. Yep. And for my master's, I was like, okay, <laughs> I realized that, okay, I wasted four years. But at the same time, my goal is super clear that I don't want to get into IT. <laughs> so somehow some random who who takes industrial engineering after electronics and communication, right? I was like, okay, let me do it. So nice. then I did that somehow. Um, then I did. So after it's the same struggle, right? You know, uh, how, for how, did you, 
how did you fit in because i want to talk more about this uh, this transition because this is a very different transition than my my transition was still like batches i did signal processing at the end of the project so it, it was more smoother whereas you totally did completely separate something in batches whereas the field and of my master's industry is way too different so how did you cope up with that and what were your struggles in the first year of masters dude so you had to no so i came with an intention that i'll be doing manufacturing and supply chain management because okay. supply chain is something you know, that that drives my attention because of the opportunities and things like that uh-huh. or because of my assumption of the opportunities that existed <laughs> i see i guess so but once i came here right so something interesting happened in, in the first week of my school so i somehow started going to the every person say that hey i need scholarship because i you know i need some financial assistance to right. you know, survive in in a peaceful way so mm-hmm. somehow i got this uh, you know assistantship nice so in the, in, right? the, in the human factors and uh, ergonomics field right so okay. something that i never heard that something i don't know that the field existed for sure but all i need is the money and the opportunity right for the so, viewers you can expand more on what the ta ship and what the ta ra yeah, yeah. so ship, yeah. yeah the the assistantship is something that you know i get to you know where my whole tuition fees is paid off and mm-hmm. on the top of it i get you know monthly stipend just so that i do the research work right. uh, with the with the professor on on a certain project so that was a really life changing opportunity in, in a way because until then i never thought of the research you know i mm-hmm. i don't know what the research is about mm-hmm. and i don't know the field so there are like so many things that i had to figure out gotcha but somehow you know maybe the nature of engineering right where you had to figure out on your own i think that right. really you know came into play here right. so in the, in the first semester i struggled oh my god because doing masters without the background in you know the proper right. uh uh-huh the, yeah the same field yeah exactly the same field right so it, yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. a lot more uh, it was challenging but somehow mm-hmm. i got the right support okay. i guess and uh, and eventually so what was that right support was it the people around you or was yeah the, the people around me like who are doing the masters you know they're able to you know guide me in certain ways and mm-hmm. the professor that i was working with has a really high bar for okay. for example you know for when you know i used to i saw, i had to publish a research paper Mm-hmm. and i i just took the printout and hand, handed it over for the for the verification let's say i typed yeah. like 1000 words and the feedback is about like 2 to 3000 words <laughs> like yep okay uh, yep exactly right because uh, the writing particularly sucks more than our speaking skills you know when you True. when you just when you got no, no, right? yeah, so, yeah. and the writing for uh, the academic research is the whole different skill yeah, set it, it, you know it, even most of the very high bar so yeah exactly right even that, most yeah. of the native speakers may not be good at that so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that was a really peak uh, you know like intense moment in in my career right and then uh, so what so, it was you know just stepping in the library for longer hours and somehow you know going to professors you know just being open hey i suck at this i need more help somehow figured way to get good grades you know i was in the best right. student out there but i also somehow find a found a way to navigate you know get this ex- this is not not like the indian system right where you get, get take one exam and right right you either hit it or miss it but here right. you know it's constant projects and things like that which really helped yep. me because i yep. used to yep. show the intent which mm-hmm. uh, professors are expecting and i used to deliver certain to a certain level so right. somehow those help me navigate navigate there um I I feel like that's a really good takeaway that you one point which I'll hold on to is 
that if when you're coming here for the first time and you're doing masters in your first year, right? Don't hesitate to ask for help and reach out to the professors because when we come from the Indian background, we don't necessarily do that. We are more a problem solvers by ourselves. So we like to ask in our own Indian group, but we won't actually ask the professor or ask the other groups for help. So that's one thing I would emphasize again, which you brought up very nicely that, yeah, don't hesitate to go to the professor and ask for help. Go hit the library, ask any other person for help as well. Don't uh, uh, be more extrovert, I would say, in that matter. Sure, exactly. Right. So I think once we are in US, I think our perspective had to really change. Mm-hmm. Get all the help you need. People are really willing to help, right? Right. So if you, if you, you know, even I used to be a soul, you know, a lot more, you know, confined to my own circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently the university that I went to, me and my uh, friend are only the Indians who are doing the masters. So I went to this uh, university uh, called historically, no, the university name is North Carolina Agricultural and Technical University. Uh-huh. And it's a, it's a HBCU, which means that historically black, you know, colleges College and universities. universities. Yeah. So, which means that, you know, at least 95 plus students, you know, um, people are in African American, you know, whom we call as black. Um, And so the vibe and environment is a lot different. You know, I want to do an entire episode on itself, uh, but that was an interesting, uh, that was an Uh interesting phase for me. Um, But that also really helped me, you know, just made me so feel so much comfortable reaching out to people. And I felt actually as a home. uh So when so, did you, when do you think you started uh, interacting socially with other students over there? Because I remember that in my first semester, at least in my master's, I hardly talked, I means I tried to talk to uh, as many people as possible, but in my uh, friend group, there was no other person that, which was, who was not Indian. All in the first semester was only Indian group. And obviously all, I would say that's a problem with all immigrants or all Asian immigrants specifically in the US when they come from masters, they yep. specifically stick to their own clique and they don't actually come out of that. It's always that case. So when, because you, as you mentioned that there are only two Indian students, right? So it's difficult to just stay with them all all throughout the master. So obviously you have to need to have more social interaction. So we'll need to interact more, more with other students. So when did you start developing that? Were you started so, right away or yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no. Uh, so that, that's a, that's a good point, right? In the sense, I think for me, uh, looking back at it, right. Um, I think I, I've always been a little more of, uh, you know, extrovert in the sense that go and talk to people, you, mm-hmm. you know, to figure out mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was never hesitant. But it's it's a whole different experience when you come to US, right? Because you don't know, and the English and the accent is not too Indian, sure. you know. Even yeah. now, it's too Indian. But whenever, you know, um, after yeah, there's always college, a communication gap. Yeah, there's always a communication yeah. gap, particularly yeah. with African American. You know, I still mm-hmm. have so much trouble understanding mm-hmm. some of the accents because they are. Right. I mean, the accent is too high uh, for me to you know get yeah, a grasp yeah, of, sense. and they talk super fast. So it, there was uh, this communication barrier. Mm-hmm. But for me, one thing that helped is, you know, I had no other option, right? And right. Except, you know, if, if there is any option for me to ta- tap onto some, you know, immigrant circle, I would happily go on and do it. But for the fact that, you know, I never had to, you know, that, that option. And also the other fact that, you know, these African-American universities and the people there are so chilling and so welcoming. You know, I, I, I'm sure it would, for me, it would have been a whole different experience if I went to other school. Uh, but right. here, the fact that they are so welcoming and even the professors are like so welcoming for, for uh, me, I, I really feel like home, uh, 
at that at the university so after a month or two and i was like okay i'm i'm just there you know i started participating in some events you know uh, like going nice. to some you know hanging out with people more um i still hung out more with you know the immigrants or the like, uh, like indians the, around you know it's home. difficult yeah uh uh-huh. but still i think uh, i had a fair share of um, experience uh, you know interacting with african american which eventually helped me uh, in in many ways even at work you know i still interact right. a lot with more with them i connect more with them and and i do a lot more activities um, at work to uh, which for, helps african sure. american and and make yep. create that impact i, I totally yeah. agree again i would reiterate on that uh, one point which you again said that that getting basically what i'm paraphrasing here but more it's getting out of your comfort zone and reaching out to people so really? i i i read that one line by some author ago that he said that comfort your comfort zone it definitely puts a floor for you to stand on but yeah. it also puts a ceiling over your head so <laughs> yeah that's a really you, nice way to say it yeah if you if you cannot break out of your comfort zone then you will never know what how high you can go or what are the achievements or what are the experiences you can achieve right exactly so, uh, yeah that's that's a really nice way to put it you know you are just putting the barrier yourself you know it's not someone right. else doing that correct you know it's so so happy just to look around and say that hey i'm super happy but your potential is also really lot mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we won't experience our potential you know unless we really go into wild and you know figure out what are the skill sets yeah, right sense. yeah for so, sure yeah, makes sense that, yeah that's, that's, a, that's a really really good uh, good point to add cool so another you know topic you know i know we can talk in you know, all of these into too deep take it right, deep right. and and uh, you know talk for hours but one thing that i want to emphasize in this episode is you know at the career transition right uh, mm-hmm. and and how you you know we we both you know worked at you know fang or the top tech companies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but we we didn't start there and considering with our non you know computer science background we had to hustle a bit more than mm-hmm. you know how it how it is for the regular you know techies or with, mm-hmm. with the proper background so one thing you know right if without you you know my job would have been so difficult to get it i i i'm not even sure whether i would have made it to fang or not because we were you know having yeah, just, so chill time mm-hmm. at capital one and and somehow you started preparing out of the box and then i was like okay i think that is something that i want to do as like you know i just started and you pushed me you know we had this conversation that dude right. why are you not you know lit coding or why are you not you know uh, working on interviews things like that right so yeah th- so you took the step and you helped me you know you pulled me up to your bar uh, right so do you can you share you know some of your experience in terms of you know firstly why do you want to what made you uh you know to think that hey you want to get into this top tech companies and secondly sure. you know what is the process like how gotcha. did you start all right uh, uh, yeah let's answer the first question for now because that's sure. um, that's i have a clear idea of so when you first join uh, any any kind of tech company not not like a top tier tech company but any tech company at that time and especially coming from a different background like how we did at that time all your thought process is okay i'll basically try to do it good at my job and I'll, I'll and you have an imposter syndrome in your mind that's sure. always there it's for the first i would say few months and sometimes it even lasts for a year it's very difficult to get rid of that oh you are not good enough because you came from a different background they might find out that you are actually not ca- capable of actually doing this work they might kick you out at that time so you are just 
grateful for the position given to you you are just True. grateful for I the agree. pay given to you and you are more comfortable why do i why should i even try and achieve or aim for a higher thing when they have already given me so much this company has given me so much and see the how they even though i came from different background they are treating treating me so nicely why, why should i even go for a higher thing the life is so good right now i have to work only this many hours everyone knows me why should i even go for the other thing but really? at, after after you do that for a year two years three years when you start thinking about or start talking to more and more people in your field you'll come to notice that okay you are and anyway obviously the imposter syndrome actually goes away at that time you notice no you are here because you are capable enough because you are good at what you do so if you are good at what you do why can't you go and achieve something higher as well you are perfectly sure. capable of doing that you should go and achieve higher and yeah obviously it all depends on your situation right means if you are let's say late in your career like let's say you are in your late 30s or even in your 40s and you are deciding to retire after 5 years obviously that's not a point to make a transition then you have kids and you have to take care of them so that's a whole different story but early sure. when you are starting your career in this particular field at that time once obviously your imposter syndrome goes away at that time you should think about this yes you are capable enough and yes you should try to achieve higher at the highest level possible don't don't sure. again don't put a ceiling over your head try yeah. try to break through it try to achieve as much as you can because this is the time to take all the risk in the world you have time you have the capability you yeah. should do it so that's what i notice that all the other people around me they are trying and striving for doing something good or great with their life you should you are in the you are capable enough you should do the same thing so why not achieve for what is a and what is the best thing or what is the greatest thing you can achieve in our software engineering field per se so one thing there are two or three things i would say one thing is obviously forming your own startup and becoming a ceo of the startup and making sure that you are making a difference in the lives of other people via that particular company which you are forming the other thing is going for a company which has the highest tech standards and working for them and pushing the products and uh, developing features for that particular product and getting the highest status possible over there so i would say those are two different paths i saw at that time and obviously i didn't have a entrepreneurship mind or i i, I have a little bit now but that time i was more looking forward to just doing what other people have already done and trying to more push the boundary of that field rather than developing something of my own so sure. that's when i switched from my mind that okay now it's time to actually move and try to aim for higher stuff sure so, yeah now that that's 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 really good points and uh, you know a good insight that you brought there i'll i'll pause you there for a bit mm-hmm. you know the point that you mentioned about the imposter syndrome that is so mm-hmm. true particularly i think you know when you're out of school and if you are getting a job with a higher salary right you are you know you're like okay hey and then if you have a good team and if your life is so comfy so you will get into a point that hey this company has done so much for me so i would just right. stay here forever you know right. I, sp- i speak to you know uh, and the and the imposter syndrome right because when you work you know in a good company obviously you will always find you know um, more talented people around you right so which means that you always feel that hey i still have a lot more to learn can i even go to some other good company right i don't know right so it takes a while really a while to get mm-hmm. out of the box that hey right. okay at least i'm 
part to them so it's Correct. time for me to get there and even mm-hmm. at you know amazon right for me i still have that you know after it has been 2 years oh i totally agree yeah, so it's, so it's, it's that, that doesn't it, it, it i feel like uh, because we both have transitioned to other other different different companies yep. we both can attest to that that whenever you join a new company even if you are joining as a junior engineer you are joining as a mid tier engineer you are joining as a senior engineer even you are joining as an architect the yep. first few months you'll always feel imposter syndrome it's just yep. like the norm you have to get used to it you have to work through that emotions exactly and 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 yeah just constantly remind that's okay you don't have to be the smartest person in the room right. which is good because you are learning from others but you also don't you know shield yourself that hey mm-hmm. you know you don't have to feel bad saying that hey you know i'm not the best person here you know i as a kid i don't want to go to other companies and i true, you know, true. things like that so those shouldn't come into the uh, play whenever you want to Correct. you know make the yep. career transition even in the day to day work the imposter syndrome really has as some sort of side effect on the work right because oh, sure. you constantly yeah. find a way to you know feel bad which obviously affects you know the work uh, and the yep. personal life in many ways even though if you don't realize mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. and 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 the other part that i observed in many people that you know once they get comfortable you know the, because getting into other tech company is motivating for two reasons you know for for one what you said right hey uh, you know i want to build something cool want to be part of some bigger system that right. can make the impact and obviously get the brand out of it right For so sure. and the second one is the money because you know i don't you know this a lot better this which companies you kind of double the pay you know not literally For double sure. the pay at least but you make a significant increase in the pay yep but the people that i spoke into you know are so into the shell that hey you know i think the life is so good here even if i'm making mm-hmm. double the money mm-hmm. i don't want to take the stress that most of the people in the tech space i think that's one way to get them comfortable and say that hey you know make little lazy in my opinion but they also have a different perspective that hey i just want to enjoy you know and relax the you know enjoy the life and you know relax a bit so what 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 do you say for them um oh yes what's your so opinion i have a really good example that comes to my mind so or even it's going on right now as well so those people who actually feel that oh they are very comfortable right now it's life is good don't want to achieve but even then whether you want to switch or not whether you have going to switch or not it's a whole different point uh, then you're always ready to switch or not i would say always be in the lookout to be ready to switch don't have to switch you have to be ready and why because we have seen in the recent just past 6 months there have been several lay- layoffs right in the tech yep. sector as well there were several layoffs so you never know when your job is in jeopardy i had yep. a friend that who was working at a really good reputed company and then he was very comfortable he was working there for 6 or 7 years so he was very well satisfied with his job and he was at a higher up level as well that he was well respected and everything but just because of the org change and just because of the general market turn his entire department was laid off so at that wow. time what what can you do because see the thing is you're not in the same mindset of a person who is ready to switch so at that sure. time you have to do the learnings right from a point 0 instead of point 1 and there is a big difference between as you can today know that there is a big difference from going from 0 to 1 and compared from going from 1 to n 1 to n is very easy but 0 yeah. to 1 is a lot difficult to go to i totally so, agree right um i would say for the, yeah yeah so go ahead no oh, go ahead so i was just saying that yeah so for those people even though i'm it's totally fine to be comfortable with where you are at but just keep on interviewing every year or so 
so that you are you know what the current market condition is first of all you'll also know what your pay grade is you'll know that are you getting paid with the market rate or not if so should you be satisfied yeah if you are satisfied with underpaid because of a good work life balance that's a different story but if you are not if you want to get and obviously everyone wants to get paid competitively with the market then you should interview every yearly that will give you the pay rate and also that will keep make keep you or make you ready if certain bad situation do arise at that time you know what to do to jump exactly. so those are two and, and it is it is super important for the immigrants right because our our career is at stake because if you don't get a job in 60 days you have right. to leave us right so and and uh, i i wouldn't have thought this way uh, because it is absolutely true and it makes sense that you have to be interview ready no matter where you are at because mm-hmm. you can think that nobody can fire me because there are so many other people but what if the org is gone you know That's your right. vp is gone too you know like That's right you know it's you know we cannot just you know mm-hmm. um, we have this is not a family right you know it's 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 a company right. and company is always a bigger than you so right. because it has users it's a, it's it has its own justification to fire you for for, sure. for all the right reasons for you cannot right go reasons. cry about it even if you go yeah, cry nobody cares because your family yeah. is impacted you are impacted yeah. and and i think the most important takeaway here is being interview ready every right. year right i yeah. think that's that's one thing that i'll take away with me because i i got a little lazy in the past two years or, or i was you know always convincing myself that i have something you know my plan is entirely different but even though that is the case i want to be i want to make sure that i am interview ready uh, mm-hmm. with the current market situations and just so many things you know things can change tomorrow who knows for sure right? yeah so yeah uh, that that's a very good point that you brought up there um thanks for that um no and this is this is the reason that i want to have open conversation right? because when we yeah. talk regularly you know we don't always discuss all this stuff and for i sure, this is yeah. not the normal advice or the perspective that everyone gets true, so true. i agree that that's great So since since we are talking about you know being interview ready right mm-hmm. so it that is the most trickiest part um, and particularly for example you know when you want to getting the first job is okay but when you are aiming for something like fang or the big top tier tech companies mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. first whole different i didn't realize that you know how to work you know so hard or, you know had to re- learn so many things I had to relearn you know my thought process you know they're just it's 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 a uh, it's an effort by itself right it's it's a whole project or you know it's a mm-hmm. it, it's a long you know you need a lot of yeah. commitment and and uh, you need a lot more planning uh, more right. than anything else so so what yeah. so can you so, give me your like your tips mm-hmm. so that you know uh, i can just where i can just uh, let's assume you know i'm a new college grad or you know i'm i'm a newbie into the tech field right. and i want to get into fang so what gotcha. are the you know what is the guidance that you will give me gotcha so uh, let me take one step back and sure. uh, talk about how getting a job in tech is easy getting a good job in tech is very difficult there's yep. two whole different things which you brought up so i want to just reiterate on that thing as well that yeah if you want to get a job in tech yes you will get a job in tech getting a job in tech is not difficult you'll get a job for 60k or 80k or something around that money anywhere in the us if you are just sure. even little bit good in computer science but yep. getting a good job in tech or getting into the fang or fang mg or whatever they call it nowadays all the acronyms if you want to get a good tech job then it is extremely difficult because you have to always be interview ready as we said earlier you have to always be interview ready you have to always keep pushing the boundary always have to be prepared you always have to learn about new 
code and stuff like that. So there is two different aspects. So for new graduates, don't get into a habit. One thing, don't get into a habit of just getting a job. Yes, getting a job, you will get. If you are getting doing a computer science background, then for those students, it will be easier to get a just a job. Yes, for obviously electrical engineering who are switching the uh, entire their background and then coming here, then it will be difficult. But once they clear all the basics of computer science, it will be easier to get a job. But now the uh, the big question is now to your main question that how do you what steps or what should you do to get a job in Fang? Then for that, there are several resources online. I can read it them. One of them is Lead Code, which you mentioned earlier. Then there is Code Forces and Code Wars. And there, there's so many, all this, uh, uh, I would say, coding competitions and coding websites where you should definitely regularly, almost, I would say, every day, at least practice one or two problems. So do that. The other thing is what many junior engineers don't realize that and what they focus is just uh, uh, data uh, structures and algorithms. Whereas in all the big tech companies, system design is very important. Agreed. And not many people realize that. They always just follow, oh, just, just, just run all the algorithms and data just basically keep it in your mind, uh, mug it by heart, and I think you are good to go. But that's not the case. If you want to crack into a higher level, right? Even at the FANG companies, uh, you might get a lower level if you are not good at system design. But if you yeah. can crack a really good system design interview, then you might get a really good level. So True. system design is where it separates from getting a normal level at good tech versus a higher level at good tech. And for okay. system design, what you can do is there are several, again, books listed online as well. One is called uh, Distributed Data Intensive Algorithms or Applications, and so Designing Data Intensive Applications. Then there is another called Database Internals. And there are several books and resources where you should learn about distributed systems online. So definitely learn that. Definitely keep your keep practicing all these coding problems. And another thing is how to answer a question which many people don't realize, but that's also a make or break in interviews when exactly. they want to see that whether you can communicate well with the interviewer or not. Like yeah. if you are going to be hired, then you obviously are going to work in a team setting. Yeah. And when a problem is given to you, how do you approach the problem? Are you yeah. answering the problem? Are you answering the part of the problem? What was asked, right? Yeah. And knowing that also makes a big impact on the interview and that will leave them in a happy place. Like if you follow the star approach, which nowadays every company is following, you should ha have a little bit of understanding of that. How do you frame your question? How do you frame your solution? All those things you should keep in mind. So I would yeah. say these three things you should keep in mind. Yeah, that's right. Right. So, you know, preparing for, you know, learning all the knowledge is one thing. And mm -hmm. how do you demonstrate the knowledge during the interview is right. a whole different thing. If you remember, you know, while we were, you know, practicing for my on-site interview. Mm -hmm. So whenever I, you know, I went on to a whiteboard or, you know, whenever I want to talk out loud, I just right. blank out, right? So, right. I, you know, I barely can talk or, you know, I still remember those, uh, you know, uh, weird <laughs> or awkward moments where I just like, okay, do I even know this or do I even know how to approach this? But I think the preparation, you know, one-on-one -on -one preparation or where you were doing the mock interviews for me really helped me, you know, to, you know, to get used to that. So I think that is one takeaway, like, you know, just have to practice the interviews, you know, practice in for the sure. real world setting. It's not that, hey, yep. 
I can just do it on in you know my own IDE. That's not going to work. Right. And you have to talk out loud. And even for the yeah. read coding, you that that gets a little tricky, right? Because at some point, I always even the <laughs> imposter syndrome, I guess that 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 gets me in read code too. Because uh-huh. you know, uh, firstly, it's there are all sorts of problems and all sorts right. of data structures and algorithms which are Correct. like if I'm a newbie and if I don't have a techie like computer science background, I just get lost because there is so much so many concepts to you know learn. And mm-hmm. once I write, once I if I learn somehow and you know write the solution, whenever I see the most optimal solution, I was like, okay, dude, uh, Delta evil, you know, uh, how can how can I think of it? You know, is it is it the same mm-hmm. for everyone, or is it just my thinking is what? No, no, Do you I, still I, feel I, it? Yeah, it's 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 exactly same for me as well. I, I feel like it should it would be same for almost everyone as uh, sure. as as well. But the point here, the main thing is you have to keep practicing. Yeah, obviously True. when you try a problem, you'll see okay you're not able to solve or you're able to solve with the brute force way, and then you're giving the solution. It is approved and everything, and then you check out the solutions listed, and then you see oh the optimal solution. It's like a whole different beast <laughs> altogether than what you implemented, right? So at that time you might also think that you're right that you'll get an imposter syndrome in mind. Oh. Am I not good enough? I'm actually a software engineer for such a long time, and I'm still not no. able to solve this lead code problem optimally. What is wrong with me, or something? Well, exactly. don't 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 think about that because all of us, yeah, it it will try to hit you. The imposter will try to kick your butt. Don't think about that. Try to just keep on practicing. Yeah, think about what I do. What it it might help. It might not help. What I do is yeah, solve with whatever way you can, and after that, once you have solved the problem, look at the optimal solution. and then just try to implement after without looking the next day don't solve the problem again same day but next day try to just reimplement that same optimal solution of the same problem that will actually yeah. keep a form i would say neural connections in your brain to remember that solution so and that remember understand the pattern and then you know right. learn from them right which means that you right. are actually becoming a you know not a good engineer sure. by doing a lot more optimally and, no, and uh, one point i wanted to bring up is practicing this lead code because when you said lead code never ever stop practicing lead code because what i have seen in the past and it is still happening like remember when we started lead coding i think i would say 2 years something ago at that time whatever problems were given to us in a medium or hard now the same problems are started uh, are given to newbies or the person who is just starting lead coding as easy problem so <laughs> the level is getting higher and higher so if you are not in touch with it so again it comes the same point if you're not interview ready every time it will the gap is increasing the True. knowledge which was required it's and it's the same with our like when the time when our parents studied something currently one way so the knowledge gap is increasing drastically so you mm. have to be on the know how and you have to keep practicing the stuff no that 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 makes a lot of sense actually uh, because even when i do you know interviews at amazon or when i shadow mm-hmm. the interviews right yeah. i can see the bar went little higher but at the same time i didn't realize that that's common across you know other companies as well Every which means company, that yeah. i have to double down my efforts on being interviewed right yeah. if i'm not switching cool for sure cool Th- thanks for sharing that i think i think we, this is such a long topic i think we should do an interview on its own for you know how to get into a top mm-hmm. tech company and for all the reasons uh, that that we should do um but yeah we can, we can plan it some other time but you know, i just want to you know you know we spoke a lot about you know all these things but you know just want to take a step back and see how you know what what are the other things that you do um you know other than the work in the sense that um we spend a lot of lot of time at work you know 
dealing with all these and thinking about all these loans, finances, things like that. But just just taking all that away, let let's take you know let's forget okay. all the pressure for a bit. Like, what else do you okay. do just to you know keep yourself happy and going? Oh. So I would say that definitely falls into what each person's liking is, or whether the person is introvert or extrovert. I fall definitely in the category more of an introvert. What mm. I like to do in my peace and quiet time is not actually go out. Obviously, my fiance is not is the exactly opposite of me. She wants to go out on the moment of opportunity she gets. Yes, I'm. I just want to lie down. I want to watch a, a movie. I want to watch a show or something. I just want to rest. I just want to chill. I don't like to if when I'm whenever I'm given an opportunity of n- not out, or being outside of work, you would just find me. lying on the couch or on the bed and just watching movies and TVs or something like that N- nothing specific so i would say it definitely depends on person to person but whatever makes you happy and takes your actually your eyes away from work is all good time true i i totally agree because you know when most often i realized particularly after getting married that you know work <laughs> has got so much into me whenever even i'm not working or i'm doing something mm-hmm. else i constantly mm-hmm. think about one problem that i missed solving or one problem that i had to solve what's next and things like that so which means that i'm keeping busy myself with the work right. even if i'm not you know working so right. which is which is not great because it obviously you know makes you not being present it, mm-hmm. you know it it builds pressure more and mm-hmm. particularly when you're married you know you cannot afford that i can, i can say that right you cannot afford that true. so true. yeah so we have to really find a way to you know dis, you know distract away for a bit for for all good reasons even that helps right. the work, that helps us to be more efficient at work for sure yeah cool. yeah since since i know you know your fiance and i also i always want to ask this question right mm-hmm. because uh i know she is not she is not indian and you are from you know gujarat right uh and and i'm sure your your parents are you know proper they see like all of our uh, parents are right, right. in the sense that they won't approve you know the whole different religion or the caste mm-hmm, or you know mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and other stuff but you you are just switching the nation forget about caste and religion you know uh if i go to my parents and say that hey i'm going to marry a different caste people they are like you know <laughs> they'll be super <laughs> mad at me so right. how did you navigate this phase uh so that's a very long story. so the yeah, just, thing is, just yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's it's always a change like obviously it's still it's it's always a work in progress obviously at the first seminar i told them they already know that when i was even dating not just my fiance but before i uh, was dating other other people hmm. at that time as well uh, they knew and they were not happy about it but i said that i'm not going to discriminate or i'm not going i'm not looking for a specific only indian i'm not going i'm just looking for open minded people whose nice. thinking and thought process actually matches mine nice i'm looking for that kind of like minded person so i'm not going to look at the skin of the color or anything like that no nice. so i might be color of the skin but yeah i'm not, i'm not going to stick with a particular thing i'm going to be more open minded obviously they are not looking in the same way they have their own own thought process of what goes into that they know that oh no because there is a different culture and different nationality all all the way uh, in, in, uh, involved so it will be very challenging obviously at parents they always think about your basically their kids happiness right so they are just thinking from that perspective that you know because it's different uh, culture and plus your mother tongues are also different you will always have challenges and eventually you won't be happy 
that's what that thought process lead to that you won't be happy whereas the same place if that equation is changed and if you're marrying an indian person then at least you won't face those challenges hmm. so that thought process is that way but True. then i have to explain them it's again a work in progress and i have to explain them but you do realize that just by solving solving one problem there's still n number of problems still to solve in a marriage as you're yeah. a married person you know that marriage is also yeah. always a work in progress thing as well exactly so, it's not like just by solving okay now it's uh, same caste or same religion everything all the problems are gone just um, just like that it's exactly. not like that you have to still work through it so yeah. I, I, we have talked about that now they have, earlier they were in basically strong disagreement and strong disapproval but slowly that has changed and now slowly nice. they have started accepting and over time you know once we get married and everything it will change so yeah they yeah. are now slowly started to change their perspective as well nice but i would say it's for people who are of our parents generation they have a different thought process so sure. it takes time for them to adjust and i would exactly. I, i'm saying it, it it might be the same thing for me as well when i grow up and when i have kids it i would i would have something else which i am holding near and dear to right True. and i won't allow my kid or I, i would have my kid only having some specific requirements but obviously even i will i will also have i'll also take time to get adjusted so i would say it's sure. just it's it's constant adjustment yeah yeah right so it's it's always a work in progress but i want to you know iterate a couple of points here right so one is you know parents perspective is changing over the time it's mm-hmm. because they are getting to know the person better Mm-hmm. so which is the first point that we talked about right when you are when you come to us you know find a way to meet more and more people so that your perspective actually changes right right so once right. your perspective changes that's a that's a whole different ball game right so uh, glad that you know your parents are you know still okay with it and you know trying mm-hmm. to you know uh, learn more and be right. be okay that's that's right. that's a really good sign mm-hmm. and, and it's also work in progress at some point you know you will feel exhausted i guess i, I you know to be honest i didn't realize that you will come this far um no offense <laughs> it's just right. because no, no. of the pure you know parents pressure because i true, true. for me i always had that in back of my mind you know if i want to date or if i want to you know try mm-hmm. for someone you know approach them i was like mm-hmm. hey this is not going to go well with my parents i also don't right. want to hurt them i was like okay. but 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 the one takeaway here is you know it can be persistence you know if you know mm-hmm. for the fact that you can convince them to you know make them be happy over over the you know in the long run i think then you have to be a lot more persistent and you have to find a way to educate them better yeah at, uh, at the end is i would say it's your particular life it's not your parents life that you're mm. leaving so you have to be happy after once they are once you are in your let's say you are in your late 70s or late 80s at that time you won't have your parents at that point so yeah. you have to be happy with yourself and content with your with the choices which you make not what your sure. parents made for you yeah so I agree. You have so to it's, it's so easy. That. For example, you know, in an arrangement, it's so easy to go and blame parents that hey, if if not for you, I would have married a different person. You cannot just say that, even if you yeah, say it. Yeah, it's, it's still your choice. What's the yeah. point? Yeah, exactly. What's right. the point? You know, it's all right. it's already gone. So right. what are you going to about it now? So yeah, that I mean, that makes a lot of sense. It's your life, and it's your choices that led you to this uh, phase. So either it's whatever what kind of marriage it is, you have to own the choices, and that applies to the large part of the career as well. Even you know 
are changing masters, you know, changing the job families, like becoming software engineer. Mm-hmm. They might have, you know, those might be in the worst cases or worst right. choices that if, if things went the other way, mm-hmm. but we had to own, own them, you know, irrespective of what, you know, or how right. they are, uh, how they are treating sure. us, right? So, yep, yep. cool, cool. I know you know, it's a, it's a, it has been a long conversation, but, you know, there are so many points that we took, I took away, you know, we, I don't nice. think we, we would have spoken these, you know, on the offline conversation. For sure. I'm sure it has been, I'm sure it will be a great learning experience for many of the uh, listeners, uh, if, if anyone tunes in, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, uh, so yeah, th- thanks a lot for that. And thanks for your valuable time. I know, you know, it's not easy. Oh, to thanks take for having whenever, me. Um, it was sure, an absolute uh, pleasure. So yeah, thank nice. you for having me. Yeah, I, I hope it was fun. Uh, we can talk more and we can do a lot more BS about it offline. But <laughs> yeah, uh, thank you. Yep. Thanks. Bye. Uh, Thank you. Uh, See ya.